Hello and welcome to another episode of the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode number 11. Don't know why I'm smiling so much. I love doing these. I'm feeling very giddy today. I did a lot of work in the garden yesterday, starting to landscape it. And I think that's why I feel so giddy. I'm actually, you know, when you plan something for a long time and like you just keep planning and thinking about it and this would be good and this would be nice, but then you actually get stuck in and start doing it. That's how I feel just now. That's probably why I'm feeling the way I do. Now, today, I have had, I've just had a look. So you should know by now, if you are listening for the first time, every fortnight, you know, initially I I decided to do this podcast for the benefit of our members. I wanted to do a private, a live chat inside our private coaching group once a fortnight. And on the, in the weeks in between, What's the word? Intervening weeks, maybe? Uh, In between times, I wanted to record a podcast episode. So in my weekend post that I post to the group, um, I ask them for suggestions on topics to cover. And the first two that came up are wonderful. So we are going to go with both of those. So today we will be talking about, it probably says it in the title of the podcast, but anyway, uh, weight loss plateaus and... Age, your age does 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 your age have an impact on your ability to lose fat or not? So, first one. This was from Sally. Podcast suggestion: What is a weight loss plateau, and how does one overcome it? Now, this one is a bit open to interpretation because it is going to depend on how you use the word plateau, right? So I'm going to tell you it from my angle and I'll tell you, I'll give you the definitions, right? Two plateau, two definitions for the word plateau. One is like a high level piece of ground, right? An area of high level ground, like the top of a hill or whatever. Second is the state of, a state of little or no change following a period of progress or something like that. So, Something's ticking over and then all of a sudden it stops or you go through a time where nothing changes. Now, the reason that I have my opinion on it is because I know what people mean when they're talking about weight loss plateaus. So, it's when, well, do you know what? I asked Sally specifically, I came back and said, this is a great suggestion. I really wanted to do it. Um, what you can do is really help me out by telling me what you believe a weight loss plateau is, right? Now, I know what most people think of these plateaus. I've reached a plateau, I've hit a plateau, nothing's working, nothing's moving. People don't take the responsibility for that, right? When people talk about, when most people talk about or are referring to a weight loss plateau, they are handing the responsibility of their progress over to some mystical force. They believe that something is happening that is stopping them from losing weight, and that's not true at all. So what does actually happen? Um, A few different things. I think it's important to understand that the single biggest influence on your progress, how much progress you make, sorry, how much progress you make, what rate you make that progress at, the single biggest influence on that is you. 
there are other factors that can influence your progress or your rate of progress or your ability to lose weight, but they are minuscule. Like, we're talking about tiny, tiny, tiny little things that, yes, will influence the process, but you can have a much greater impact on your progress than any of these minuscule changes. So, after a period of dieting, you know, when, when we start off, we're doing great, we're focused, we're starting something new, we're motivated, we're excited, we, we're seeing the scales coming down, everything's going great. You can only keep that up for so long. Now, what then happens is people's attention starts to waver. They aren't as meticulous with their tracking if that's how they're losing fat. They are starting to snack a little bit more mindlessly. They're not doing as many steps as they might have been doing <clears throat> Excuse me, initially. But you don't actually notice it happening, okay? You, you still believe you're doing all the same things. You still believe you're giving it the same level of effort. And this is where the, the, the issues come in, right? Because you believe that nothing has changed. You believe that you're still doing everything you were doing. But all of a sudden, your progress has just stopped or changed. And that doesn't happen, right? Fat loss does not just suddenly come to a halt. So your weight loss plateau can be a number of things. Number one, it can be impatience. You have unrealistic expectations of how quickly the scales should be going or what they should be doing, okay? You should never place expectations on the scales. Expectations lead to disappointment and impatience. And nobody needs disappointment and impatience when they're trying to lose fat, right? That's going to be counterproductive and it's not going to help you at all from a mindset perspective. You need to understand that it is completely realistic for the scales not to do anything for two, three weeks at a time. One of the reasons that I don't do weekly check-ins is because nothing happens in a week. When it comes to fat loss, nothing is happening quickly, right? There is a process to be followed. You eat, you consume fewer calories than you are burning. Your body then starts to tap into your existing fat stores. Those fat stores are broken, broken down and supplied as energy. Then there's the kind of waste part of that process where... Fat cells filled with water, then we need to wait on them emptying. This is not happening around the clock on a daily basis. It's a process that takes a week, a couple of weeks. I always try and describe it to you know my clients that you know if you think of fat loss as working in a roughly a fortnightly cycle, right? Where the things that you are doing right now, today, if you are on a diet, if you are dieting right now, the things that you are doing today are the results that you are going to see in two weeks' time. So the things that you are doing this week, they are, you know, you don't start a diet on a Monday and see the results of that on the Friday. That's not how it works. Yes, if you're just starting a diet, you'll see the scales come down from water loss and all the other things, but you don't start a diet on a Monday and expect, well, people do, but they shouldn't, expect to have seen fat loss progress by the Friday. That first week, you are starting the process. And the week after, and some of the week after that, you start to see the results of the thing you were doing that those couple of weeks before, okay? So it's a cycle. And that's why I have fortnightly check-ins with my guys because I, I cannot think of anything worse 
than doing a weekly check-in and you know dial zooming in on progress and saying yeah not much has happened this week but you know i need you to understand that you know it's because not really much happens in a week i i would hate to have to go through that with every single person doing weekly check-ins that's why we have fortnightly check-ins every two weeks it's a great period of time to zoom out and see here's where you were two weeks ago you've done all these amazing things for a fortnight here's where you are now fantastic you've and then even that even at that there are times where people will check in after a fortnight and nothing has happened because week one was a great week week two was a great week but in the second week they had it was the first week of their period so week one they were doing all this great work the scales were probably just on the verge of coming down but in week two they started a period they were retaining more water feeling a bit more bloated and at the same time as them losing fat they increased weight, not fat, from another source. So when we last checked in, you were 10 stone. Two weeks later, you're 10 stone. However, I know that because of what you've been doing. You are two pounds lighter right now, but because your period landed in the second week, you were a little heavier and it's just um, counteracted the loss that you should have seen from fat. So that's the reason that we have fortnightly check-ins because... You know, a week's just not long enough to see things moving. So impatience is up there with one of the main reasons that people may feel like they've hit a weight loss plateau. Second one, and this is probably, hmm, is it the biggest? I would say it's tied with impatience. Um, But I'm thinking more about, I'm trying to think more about things that we do when it comes to weight loss plateaus rather than just like, oh, not waiting long enough for something to happen. But the next biggest one then is going to be the things that you do. Okay, so you've been in, you've been dieting for a while. Things were going great in the beginning. You got through a few months. You were losing a pound, pound and a half a week. Everything was going tickety-boo. And then Easter arrived, for example, or you had a weekend away, or it was a bank holiday weekend, or you had a couple of weeks of birthdays, and fat loss wasn't a priority, fine. You didn't make much progress over that period, but you made progress relevant to how much attention you gave it, okay? Then after that, you get back to it. Now, in your head, you think you are doing everything you were doing before, you're giving it just as much effort, and you feel like that. It's not like you're pretending, you're not lying to yourself, you genuinely feel like you're not doing anything differently. And this is what mindlessness is, like not knowing that you're doing something differently. As far as you're concerned, you're doing everything you were doing before. However, your results have cut in half and they've slowed down. Now, when it comes to fat loss, we can always back calculate from the end result to determine what you are doing. Okay, so there are roughly three, I know I'm using exact numbers, but as ever, you know, there is not a high degree of exactness when we do these things. But we know that a pound of fat, the pound of body fat, the the pounds of body fat you are carrying, for each pound of fat that you have, that fat equates to around about 3,500 calories in energy. Okay, so remember, your body fat is your reserve fuel tank. It is stored energy. It is energy, calories, food and or drink, that you consumed previously, potentially years ago, that you did not use at the time. And you put more on top of it, you put more on top of it, and your body had to put it somewhere. So it gets stored as 
body fat. And it is there to be tapped into once you get to a time where you are consuming fewer calories than you need. That's what gaining weight is. That's what body fat is for. A backup fuel source for when food is absent. Yeah, that's a good word. So because we know that there are 3,500 calories in a pound of fat, we can say, let's say you get to the end of a month and you have lost four pounds of fat. Okay, or let's just say at the end of four weeks, in fact, because that divides up much easier. If you have lost four pounds of fat across a four-week period, that's 14,000 calories. Now, 14,000 across 28 days divides up beautifully into 500 calories per day. So what we can do then is we can roughly estimate what your calorie burn is using a calculator. So let's say I, I roughly estimate your calories to be 2,100. And we put you on a fat loss diet and we have you working to 1,500 to 1,700 calories. And on average, you're averaging around 1,600. If we get to the end of a month or the end of four weeks and you have lost four pounds of fat, then we know we've pretty much nailed it with the accuracy, right? You're tracking at 1,600 calories. We guessed you were burning, we didn't guess, we estimated you were burning around 2,100. We set everything up and at the end of four weeks, look at this, you've lost four pounds of fat. Now, let's skip to after that time I mentioned, the holiday, the bank holiday, the weekend away, Easter, whatever. You still feel like you are doing all of the same things. Your watch shows that you're still doing the same steps. Your tracking shows that you're still eating the same calories. But for some reason, your progress has went from a pound a week to half a pound a week. Now, we know that nothing about your activity has changed, so we know that you're still burning around 2,100 calories. But the end result of the process is now different. You're getting a different result. So we can calculate back from that and say, right, we, we know from this that you're not consuming 500 calories a day less. You're probably consuming 250, 300 calories a day less. Let's go back and see where might these be sneaking in? What is it that's changed? What's different? What's different between now and um, and when you were tracking before and making this faster progress? And if you take a deep look at yourself and you're honest with yourself, you might say, well, do you know what? I've noticed I've started picking at the kids' plates a bit more. I wasn't doing that before, but I was super motivated. But now it's after Easter, I'm kind of struggling to get back into it. Um. There's lots of Easter eggs lying around. When I'm putting some out for the kids after their dinner on their little treat plates, because that's what I do, um, I'm having a couple of bites of chocolate or two or three pieces, right? And it's things like that that all start to add up. Here's another example you might not even consider. Some people don't like account for the calories in their hot drinks. So here's an here's here's one that I had once upon a time. Someone here's two in fact. Once I was working with someone who went through this exact situation I'm talking about and she had taken a break from fat loss, came back to it and her results had just plummeted. And we could not, for the life of us, now I believe she was being completely honest and she genuinely did not know what the difference was. And we went back and forth for a while. I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about hot drinks? Do you have hot drinks? Oh yeah, I've started drinking tea again. I'd went off tea for a while, but I'm drinking it again. I was like, great. How do you take it? 
milk and two, okay, 30, 35 calories a cup. I was kind of looking for much more than that because our progress had almost cut in half. In fact, I had cut in half. How many cups a day are you having? 10. 10 cups. And we straight away, we, we found what the problem was. Oh, I didn't know I had to include my tea. I thought that was just included as hydration. It is part of your hydration. However, you're having it with milk and sugar. You're putting calories in it, not just a tea bag. And you're having 10 of them at 30 to 35 calories a cup. And that's that was us. We found it. We found the reason that she went from losing a pound a week to half a pound a week. The introduction of 300 to 350 calories a day of tea, of hot drinks. Um, and it could be something as simple as that. So a weight loss plateau so far, impatience, if it's not impatience, it's something that you are doing. These are the biggest factors, right? The, the biggest contributors. And the other thing as well is like when people are impatient, they then, it's very easy to give up. What's the point? Stuff it. Might as well just eat this. Might as well eat that. Might as well go have some biscuits. And then they do that and they potentially consume hundreds of calories and then they go, shouldn't have done that. Never mind, back on track tomorrow. And then they do it for another week and go, why are things not moving? It's like, well, you just had a thousand calories of biscuits. And now you're back in a deficit. You've still got to use up some of those calories from the biscuits because that was way more than you needed. You have to use them up before you can get back to fat loss. And people can get easily trapped into this. You know, you can see how you can get trapped in that kind of endless feedback cycle. The last part of a weight loss plateau is a, a completely different situation. Um, do you know what, actually? Weight loss plateaus, they don't exist. They don't. I'm just going to say it. They, they don't exist. Now, again, coming back to what people people are referring to when they talk about a weight loss plateau, I don't know if I actually read out uh, Sally's answer when I asked, help me out by telling me what you believe a weight loss plateau is. I don't think I, I read it out. So she said... I always read or heard that it is a period when weight loss stalls and that it's and that it is when the body resets so the weight loss gets going again. Now that's the biggest pile of crap ever. Nonsense. Your body doesn't need to reset like yeah, it's just I don't know how to make it sound any dafter than it is. Your weight loss never stalls. Like your body fat, people, the th- I think the thing that people struggle with is obviously the amount of bullshit that's out there, but also not understanding that that is what your body fat is for. I mean, like I said earlier on, your body fat has a purpose. There is nothing about your body getting in the way of you using that as fuel. Listen, ultimately, your body does not want you to die. Okay? <laughs> your body wants you to stay alive fucking does not want you to die. Why on earth would your body stop you from using the fuel that you're supposed to use when you don't have any food? God, imagine you were starving somewhere, right? You were trapped in the middle of nowhere, um, no access to food, access to water, and you were waiting weeks on someday coming to find you and save you. Do you think that your body would just stop using your body fat to keep you alive? 
It's also this one where people think that, oh, if you don't eat enough, your body just holds on to fat. Why the fuck would it do that? Why would it do that? It's like saying if you drive your car too fast, it just stops giving the engine petrol. Whoa, this is too fast. Don't give it any more fuel. It's, that, it's the same thing. Your body fat has one purpose. Well, yeah, one purpose. I mean, it keeps you warm and it protects your organs and it protects your bones and a few other things. But its primary function is to support you when food is absent. If you were to ever go through a period where you didn't have access to food, I mean, it doesn't happen in our age. But it did. Once upon a time, crops failed. Uh, herds had to be culled. Winter, you know, if a crop failed and somebody was, ha- you know, people were, a, a village or whatever, were having a, a tough winter, then the body fat that they were carrying from the summer when food was plenty and abundant, you know, they would have to ration their food. They would basically be dieting through the winter, rationing their food to make it to the springtime, eating so much and letting their body fat take care of the rest. So your body fat doesn't do anything. Your body does not interfere in the process of breaking down fat to be used as a fuel source because it does not want you to die. can't explain that one enough. So, coming back to this, and it is when the body resets so the weight loss gets going again. Nonsense. Your body doesn't need to re- reset. Don't, what really needs to reset is the person. They need to take a look and see what is it that I am now doing or not doing that has influenced my results. Now, let's talk about the body and how the body can be a part of this. Now, the reason I kind of said weight loss plateaus don't exist is because it is not a process of all of a sudden you're making progress and then all of a sudden you're not. It doesn't work like that. So let's talk about your metabolism, right? This is what I spoke about in the group, in the post. Now, the example I used was, uh, let's say I calculate the calories of a 35-year-old female weighing 85 kilograms and doing 10k steps per day. Her calorie burn comes out at around 2,100 per day. Now, I would set her calories to 1,500, but we don't set exact numbers. It would be a range, 14 to 1,600. She would lose fat brilliantly on fourteen to 1,600 calories for quite some time. But it would eventually start to slow down because as you get lighter, your body starts to burn fewer calories. Now, there are a couple of angles to this. Number one, your basal metabolic rate. BMR, your BMR is your basic metabolic rate. It is the number of calories that your body expends in a day just keeping you alive. So if you were to lay down in your bed for 24 hours sleeping, your body would burn whatever your BMR is, right? But we don't do that, do we? We get up, we move around, all these other things, and those activity calories get added to your BMR. Your BMR is similar to if you went out to your car and switched the engine on and just left it, your engine would be idling it would use a certain amount of fuel. It wouldn't get through much, but it would use a certain amount. If you drive the car, you use more fuel. It's very similar. Your BMR is like your body idling. It's the amount of calories it takes to keep your heart pumping, your lungs moving, all of these, everything, everything that goes on. 
Now, your body fat plays a role in your BMR because for every pound of fat that you are carrying, it adds roughly two to three calories per day onto your calorie burn. Because as I said, body fat, body fat is a a backup fuel tank. Now, body fat is also a living tissue and your body has to maintain that living tissue. It can't allow it to die. It costs energy for your body to keep your reserve fuel tank in a position where it's healthy and ready to be used as fuel. It has to look after it. And, it, you know, like everything in your body, it costs calories to look after it. So if you are carrying 100 pounds of fat, your body is spending 200 to 300 calories per day keeping that body fat alive and well and healthy. Equally, if you lose 100 pounds of fat, your calorie burn will reduce from whatever it was down by 200 to 300 calories. But it will reduce more than that and I'll explain why. So here's the example I used. As I said, 35-year-old female wearing 85 kilos and doing 10k steps. She is burning around 2,100 calories per day. She spends six months dieting and reaches a goal weight of 60 kilos. She is now burning 1,800 calories a day. Now, if you remember, I said that I would have set her calories to 14 to 1,600. Let's just use the exact number. Let's just say 1,500. That would be a 600 calorie per day deficit and she should lose around or just over a pound a week. Every time she loses a pound, her calorie burn drops by two to three calories. So she's lost 15 kilos, according to my example. Um, 15 kilos is 33 pounds. I'm doing my calculator. 15 times 2.2. Yeah, 33 pounds. And if that 33 pounds... By two to three calories, her calorie burn would reduce by 66 to 99 calories per day. However, how has it gone from, you know, 2 1 to 18? It's not just that she's lost 15 kilos, it's that she's no longer doing everything that she does in a day carrying that 15 kilos. Think about it, right? If, if you go out, for a 30 minute walk you you might burn I have no idea I'll just make it up you might burn 150 calories if I put my 7 year old on your back and you go out for that 30 minute walk you might burn another 100 150 calories on top of that now that makes perfect sense doesn't it you put a big weight on your back and you go for a walk, you are going, it's going to be tougher, it's going to be harder work, it is going to burn more calories than if you didn't. When you lose weight, you are doing that in the opposite direction. It's like you did the walk with my son on your back to start with and now you've taken him off and you're doing it. So as well as the reduction in calorie burn from the fact that you're no longer carrying some of that body fat, you also have the reduction in the fact that life gets easier 
as you get lighter. You burn fewer calories. You have, I say this all the time to, you know, especially to the guys in the group that are runners will maybe get to a milestone where they've lost 10 kilos or 20 kilos. And I'll be like, you know, if, if you're ever in the gym or if you ever get the chance, try on a weighted vest. Um, they are, they feel heavy. If you have the chance, go and try on a 10 kilogram weighted vest or a 20 kilogram weighted vest, however much weight you've lost. You would be like, fuck me, this is heavy. That's basically how you used to feel before. Now take that off. That's how you are now. So as you lose weight, the number of calories you burn from activity, you know, the the 10K steps that I've said that this person is doing, they're no longer burning the same number of calories on those 10K steps because they are carrying 15 kilograms less of them around. It costs less energy for them to be active than it did before. So it's a a two-part thing. You're burning fewer calories because your body's no longer maintaining this um, 15 kilograms of fat. Your calorie burn's reduced by roughly 70 to 100 calories per day, plus the reduction in calorie burn from the fact that you are carrying less of you everywhere you go. So the number of calories you're burning from activity has also reduced. So, as I said, this person would be losing fat on 1,500 calories when they were burning 2,100. If, as they've gradually lost fat and their calorie burn has started to reduce, 1,500 calories goes from being a 600-calorie uh, deficit to a 500 deficit to a 400 deficit to a 300 deficit. So as you can imagine, the smaller your deficit gets, the slower your progress goes. But, and this is the the thing you need to understand, it is a long, slow process. It would go something like this, right? For the first two months, you're losing a pound, a pound and a bit per week, okay? And then it's a pound a week. And then it's, there's a 0.9 in there. And, And remember, this is on the basis that someone is being completely and utterly on the ball every single day. They are super determined, super accurate. They are doing all of the things and this doesn't happen um, over a prolonged period of time. But if you if you could eat exactly 1600 calories per day and still do exactly your 10k steps per day, this is what you would see. So you'd lose like 1.11 pound a week and then it would get to a point where it'd be one pound and then 0.9 and one pound and then 0.8, a 0.9, a 0.8 a point nine, a point seven, a point eight, a point seven, a point eight, a point six. This is a pre- a process spanning months. At no point during that time will your fat loss ever stop, ever. It won't stop. It won't stall. It doesn't need to control, alt, delete, and reset. It will gradually and slowly reduce because the number of you're still doing everything but the number of calories your body is burning for the activity that you've been doing is starting to reduce. And the number of calories that you're dieting on means that your calorie burn's coming closer to the number of calories you're eating. And that's why your progress starts to slow. But again, it is a long, slow, tapering process. Now, this is when I would start to recalculate someone's calories, right? If someone's checking in, every fortnight and they've gone from losing like 
a, a kilo, a kilo and a bit per fortnight and it's getting to a point where it's slowed down a bit, I would say, right, you've lost 15 kilos or 10 kilos. Um, your progress is starting to slow slightly. We're going to make a change. Come from 1500 down to 1350. And that small offset, that small change will offset the reduction and things will pick up and you'll go back to losing weight. Perfectly normal again. But remember, as I said, you know, you've heard me explain that, how long and slow and tapering it is. It's minuscule changes on a monthly wide scale basis. You can completely outdo that with a single day, with a single meal, with a bottle of wine. You will have a greater influence over your progress than any of these changes to your metabolism spanning over a period of months. As will your impatience. So, I'm going to reiterate. Weight loss plateaus are not a thing. Impatience is a thing. You not doing the things that you normally do. You starting to snack more. You starting to mindlessly eat more. You starting to guesstimate portion sizes. Picking at the kid's plate. Whatever the case may be. You will have more of an influence on it. Because again, we can calculate backwards from the end result to determine what it is that you are or aren't doing. So yeah. Again, weight loss plateaus are not a thing. Your progress will gradually start to slow, at which point you'll make an adjustment, but there will never be a period where it stops entirely. If it stops entirely, again, impatience is going to be a factor. Nothing's happened this week. That's not things stopping. That's you being impatient. Um, And if you take a break as well, you know, I took a break for a week or a fortnight and I've came back to it. Two weeks in, things still aren't moving. Again, that's probably just impatience. So yeah, it's... I'm going to stand by that one and say that weight loss plateaus are not a thing. And I've spoken to so many people saying, I always get so far. Oh, here's a good, sorry, here's a great example. I should have covered this earlier on. It's a great example of when people say they're going to Slimming World and say, oh, I always get to this weight and then I hit a plateau. No, you didn't hit a plateau, you stopped. You know, you got to that weight in your head. This is as far as I go. I'm getting fed up with things not moving. But at the same time, you're performing behaviours that are counterproductive to progress And you just convince yourself, oh, this is as far as I'm supposed to go. But yeah, um, it's just not a thing. And your body will never, ever stop you from using your body fat as energy. Ever. I cannot think of a single circumstance where that would even need to be a thing you know like right even if you know the the whole starvation mode thing right when your body needs energy the most your body's just gonna say oh my god i am absolutely desperate for energy we're dying here what are we going to do oh no you can't have the body fat we need to keep that for some reason um yeah it doesn't make sense and hopefully it sounds ridiculous now that i've spoken about it like that now kind of tied in with this Sarah asked another question age it seems the older I get the harder it is to lose weight is this something that could be discussed yes it is and it's also tied in with um do you know I'm gonna get my my goal calculator that I use with the group to explain this as I get older the harder it seems to lose weight 
This is pretty complex because, once again, do you know what? It's actually very similar in the way that as you get older, you burn fewer calories. So in my example, I used a 35-year-old 85 kilo. Oh, I don't remember what height I used. 85 kilos, female, lightly active, 10k steps a day, and I said around 2,100 calories. I must have said she was... 160 centimeters, right? Okay. Now, so that person, 2,100 calories, 35 years old, 85 kilograms. Let's add, let's take her up to 50 years old. She goes from burning 2,100 calories per day to 2,000 calories per day. Let's take her up to 60. 1950 calories. 70, 1850 calories. 80, 1800 calories. As you get older, your body burns fewer calories. And if we take her back to 10 years old, she's burning 2300 calories a day. As you get older, your metabolism starts to slow down. It's it's just what the body does. It's perfectly normal. It's supposed to do it. Um, but again, I mean, let's go back to the 35 year old, right? 2100 calories. Add 10 years onto that. Uh, 10 years yet, 45. It drops to 2050. It takes 10 years for your calorie burn to eventually start slowing down by 50 calories a day. Again, in the same way as how slow it is with weight loss, as we get older, our body, our, our, our metabolism slows down, our calorie burn starts to slow down. We are having the greatest influence on it. And again, this is one of those ones where it's easier to pass the responsibility of a lack of progress onto something else than it is to take responsibility for it. Oh, my weight's not moving. It must be a weight loss plateau. No, it's not a weight loss plateau. It's an effort plateau. Oh, my weight's not moving like it should be. It must must be to do with my age. No, again, it's an effort thing. Um, it's different when you go through menopause. Uh, you will start to lose weight differently. So when you go through menopause, you go through something called fat redistribution. Now, it doesn't actually make it any more or less difficult to gain or lose weight. But what happens is you can experience fat redistribution where fat that you once carried in one area of your body will then move to another. Um, but realistically, there isn't anything that really influences your ability to lose or gain fat directly. However, there are countless other things. That, I'm not going to get into menopause on this one, but when you were younger, you didn't have a car. You were moving around a lot more. Uh, It's, it's so hard to pinpoint it because there could be any number of things that you were doing 20 years ago that you're not doing now. Like 20 years ago when you went on a diet, because this is the reason that you you think it's when you when you were younger, you lost fat easier, right? Because you're comparing what things are like now to what things were like then. You're not 20 anymore, you're 45. I'm just guessing, Sarah. I'm not saying that's what age you are. I've not even looked at your profile picture. Um, <laughs> in fact, I wonder if you are in the one-to-one -one group and I can actually find out what age you are. 
Let me check. Oops. Right, Sarah. There you are. Okay, so, yeah, 14, right, fine. There we go. So you're comparing dieting in your 40s to dieting in your 20s. Life was completely different when you were in your 20s. Here's a great example, right? I mean, I don't know if you have kids or not, but you do. There's a picture of you with your kids on your Facebook. So you have kids now. When you your 20s, you didn't have kids. So, I mean, this, I feel ridiculous just picking out this one thing because there could be millions of things that are different. In your 20s, you weren't preparing food for kids. You weren't preparing food for a family. You weren't sitting down to meal. I'll, get, I'll use me as an example, right? In my 20s, I was living alone in a flat and I lived off ready meals. Um, And I was so busy doing other things. I was renovating this flat that I'd moved into on my own after a broken relationship, fell to pieces, moved into this flat, and it was the lightest I had ever been in my life. The weight fell off me. Now, that's not because it was easier. It's because of how I was living. I was working long shifts, and then I was coming home and doing graft, renovating this flat. I was living off ready meals. Basically, you know, I was having like a 500 calorie ready meal for my lunch, for my dinner. And that was it. You know, I was poor. I shit myself when I moved back into that flat. I was panicking that I wasn't going to be able to afford it. Um, so I barely bought any food. There was hardly anything in my fridge. Now, if I fast forward to now at the age of 36, I might find it more difficult to lose weight because now my circumstances are completely different. Yes, I am older. In fact, let's 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 do my calorie burn. So let's say, when was I... Let's say 27, 176 centimeters, and I was about 75 kilos male, and I was probably active, not lately active, but active. So back then I was probably burning around 2,700-ish calories. Now fast forward to who I am today, 36 years old, and then still active actually. I am burning around 2,500 calories a day. Now that's just a slight change in circumstances. A, a, a very Sorry, that's just a slight change in calorie burn because of my age. F- the thing having a greater impact than that is my environment, the things I am surrounded with. I'm now working from home. I have access to a food environment. I have a wife and two kids. We sit down and have big meals every night. You know, I'm not living off micro meals anymore. We sit down and eat a family meal together. There's the opportunity to pick from kids' plates. Um, and all the, you know, um, the stresses that go along with being a parent, the worries, the emotional eating that might have developed, um, the staying up late at night to try and snatch that extra couple of hours of me time, but all I'm doing is making myself more tired the next day and that means I want to snack more and try and give myself sugar boosts. Do you see how that all can all spiral? Comparing your weight loss now to your weight loss in your 20s or even earlier or to completely different periods in life where there were no children, no mortgages, uh, fewer stresses, etc. 
it's unfair. It's not a fair comparison. So physiologically, is weight loss more difficult at your current age? Nah, it's not. However, mentally, is it more difficult for you to do the things required to lose fat? Probably, because if you feel that it's more difficult now, nothing's changed. You still have a human body. You still lose fat the same way you did in your 20s. It's not going to be any different. And it all comes down to the the calories in, calories out equation. But it's, you know... Losing weight is so much more than just calories in, calories out. It's your ability to stick to the calories in, calories out concept. It's your ability to do the things that lead to weight loss. Those are the bigger influence. I mean, this is why when people come to work with me, you know, I try to, or even before when they're asking questions and, um, you know, thinking about joining, but I just, I'm wondering about this and I'm wondering about that. You know, I try to get the point across. Calculating your calories is bordering on the irrelevant. Yes, they need to be in the right place. But in terms of the bigger picture, like the reason that you are overweight is not because you don't know how many calories you should be eating. That's not the problem. The reason you need to lose weight is because you emotionally eat. You have lack of knowledge around food. You're hungry all the time. Your sleep's terrible. You eat You've attached eating to stress, happiness, sadness, tiredness, anxiety, fucking whatever else. Honestly, when it comes to the numbers, when it comes to calories and macros, they are so close to being irrelevant. They are such a small, insignificant part of the process. Yes, they have a place. But in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of the reasons behind why you are a yo-yo dieter, why you are overweight, why you can't understand, why you can't hold on to weight loss results, they are nothing. There is a much, much bigger story going on with lots of different pages and lots of different chapters that all need to be individually addressed to help you achieve the things that you want to achieve. Give another example before I wrap this up. When people talk about alcohol. Oh, actually, no. What what, what would be a better one? Medication side effects. When medication talks about weight loss or weight gain as a side effect, it's it's not because something about the medication is making it easier for you to gain weight or easier for you to lose weight, or harder to gain weight or lose weight, it's that the symptom, the, the some of the other side effects might lead to weight gain. For example, steroids are a great example. If you start to take steroids, your appetite, your appetite has the might be ramped up a bit. If your appetite's ramped up a bit, and you're naturally going to start eating more, then That's where the side effect of potential weight gain comes from. Not because steroids do anything physically to your weight. However, indirectly, they can increase your appetite. And if you are hungry more often, you're going to eat more often. And weight weight gain could be the end result. Similarly with antidepressants. Weight gain can be a potential side effect of antidepressants because you might not feel particularly active. You may want to spend more time in bed. You might feel a bit down and a bit low 
you know, you look for more opportunities to sit down. You could go from being someone who was pretty energetic and moving around each day and getting 10, 12, 15k steps. You start taking these antidepressants. Things start to slow down. You start to feel a bit more lethargic. You look for more opportunities to to sit down. You know, when your steps go through the floor, your eating hasn't changed, but your activity level has. Potentially, you could gain weight. Equally, with antidepressants, weight loss can be a side effect because your appetite can be affected. You might start taking them and then not want to eat. And then you start to lose weight. It's not because the medication is doing anything directly to your weight. It's because it's influencing you and making you do things that influence your weight, okay? And it's the same when it comes to dieting in general. We we go through different, you know, when we're talking about age, it's not your age. Yes, your age, again, like um, the whole weight loss plateau thing, your age does play a part, but it is minuscule. A long, slow, slow progress spanning years. But the difference in your life because that's why you think it's slower than when you were younger, because you're comparing. It's a comparison. Your life now is completely different. You have a lot of indirect um, influences on your weight. And the, the things that I mentioned, you know, kids, stresses, staying up late, holding on to that me time, um, snacking on leftovers, picking at kids' plates, munching on things when you're putting the packed lunches together, Snatching bits of East chocolate when you're putting out their Easter eggs at night. You know, if you've still I've still got a garage full of them, the kids will be eating them till next Easter, probably. Um Yeah, it's all of these little things that add up. So it's not it's not your your age per se, but it's the changes in your life over time that change your eating habits. Because remember, diets are, uh, what's the word? Not flexible. Diets are fluid. Is that the word I want? They change over time. They change all the time. You know, nobody is eating the, the exact same way forever. You know, you go to the supermarket, you see something new, you bring it home, it becomes a regular feature. As that becomes a regular feature, something else gets bumped off. And you bring another new thing home and something else gets bumped off. And, you know, your eating and shopping habits now are not going to be the same as they were 10 years ago. You're not still eating the exact same things. There's new things in there. Diets evolve and change over time. Like me, like the example I used, I'm no longer living off Sharwood's chicken kormas because they were a pound from Farfoods on my dinner every night of the week. My diet's completely different. I can't compare my ability to lose weight now to when it was when I was in my 20s. Unfair comparisons. That would be a good podcast episode. Let go of the past. You're not dieting in the past anymore. You're dieting now. You have new challenges to face. Far more important than latching on to something that's out of your control to help make you feel better about why things aren't working. Instead, take a look at the reasons why it's not working right now. Oh, well, this was so much easier in my 20s. Why can't I do this like it was when I was 20 year old? Because you're not 20 year old anymore. You don't have that life anymore. This is you now. You're trying to make progress now. Your wage isn't, your sorry, your age isn't a factor. 
So let's remove that entirely and instead take a closer look at the things that you are eating, thinking, doing, drinking, etc. right now and establish what it is that you are doing that is making it more difficult for you to lose weight. Because it's all on you. It's all on us. It's our responsibility. Nobody else is making us gain weight. No external factors are making us gain weight. Our choices do that. Our mindset, the way that we think, act and feel and behave around food and or drink, we are the ones that do it. And we are the ones that are going to make it do something different. But remember, something, in order for you to bring about lasting change, something about you has to change. It's not just a case of trying to make a change to the number attached to your weight. Something about you as a person has to change. Something about the things that you do, the things that you think, the things that you feel, the reasons that you use food and you use alcohol. Something about you as a person has to change to achieve lasting results. Not even just lasting results, to make progress in the first place. So, it is not any, it's not a weight loss plateau. It's not your age. It's not anything else. Take the responsibility for your actions. And this isn't a bad thing. We're not trying to look at this in a negative light. We're trying to help, you know, it's about helping you take action. I watched this program on TV. I try not to watch them, but for some reason I found myself watching this one. Um, And it was like people that were serial dieters. You know, and this woman was determined, absolutely determined that she had a slow metabolism. They were working with her for a period of time. Her weight wasn't doing anything and she just kept saying, I told you so, it's my metabolism, it's it's slow and blah, blah, blah. So the last resort for them was to test her metabolism and it was actually above the norm for someone her age and weight and height and everything else. She had a perfectly healthy metabolism. And she said, wow, I can't even use that as an excuse anymore. And she was an older woman as well. Imagine spending all those years not taking responsibility for your weight. Always putting the responsibility on other things. Spending hundreds of pounds, thousands of pounds, hundreds of hours on dieting, on travelling to weight loss groups, on recipe books, magazines, programmes, plans, whatever else. And it was all a waste of time. Because it was none of that shit that you needed. It was you that needed to change. You know, so take a look. Take a look in the mirror. Take a look inside explore I said this to someone in an email recently and it's a good way to end this podcast if you want to understand why you repeatedly find yourself in a position where you have weight to lose then you shouldn't be you know looking for the next diet looking for the next quick fix that's not the answer take a look at yourself and be honest with yourself why Do I continually have weight to lose? What is it that I am doing that is putting me in this position or keeping me in this position? That's your answer. Because it's going to be an overconsumption issue somewhere. It may be intentional, it may be unintentional, you might know about it, you might not know about it. If you know you are having three or four bottles of wine in a weekend, then you know that you are consuming thousands of calories in the weekend as well as the takeaway you're having. Doesn't mean that you, and the reason that, one of the reasons that people don't want to acknowledge those things is because they believe that in order to be able to lose weight, they have to give those things up. And that's why they don't want to be honest about it and say, oh, it's probably that. 
instead they look at ridiculous things like, oh, it's because I skip breakfast or it's because I do this or it's because I don't eat enough during the day. Take the responsibility. Understand that you are the one that controls the direction of your weight. Your weight is just a passenger along for the ride. You are the one driving your body. Your weight just goes wherever it follows you. Your weight follows you. It doesn't, it doesn't go in a direction that you want it to or force it to. It follows you based on the things that you do. If you are over consuming, then it will follow you up the way. And if you are under consuming, it will follow you down the way. So understanding that the direction that your weight goes, what your weight does is the end result of the things that you do. Not your age, not because of some weight loss plateau, not because your body has to reset so you can lose weight or any of that nonsense. It's down to you. And if you're listening to this and you're not yet a member of the Monroe Method, um, that's what I help people with. I help them understand. You know, one of the biggest eye-openers I find when people join is we'll get to the first check-in and it could be their very first time ever tracking calories and we'll get to the first check-in and be like, tell us about your NSVs, non-scale victories. Oh, I've done this, I've done that. One of the biggest things I've learned is how many calories are in pasta. And they'll say, no wonder I wasn't losing weight. I, I, I went into my fitness pal or NutraCheck and I added in my normal amount of pasta and I was having 600 calories of pasta with my dinner just because it was free. No wonder I wasn't losing weight. You know, what, what I do is not, you know, I, I say this all the time. I do not help people lose weight. I help people improve their diet, balance their nutrition, start to live within their body's means, develop a balance of nutrition that they enjoy, that they can stick to over time, that still includes a bit of everything that they fancy. And once they achieve that, the end result, a byproduct, like the weight loss part is just a bonus. I help them get their nutrition in a great place and their weight follows them because their weight, again, is just the passenger along for the ride. So even though I do inadvertently help people lose weight, it's almost bordering on the unintentional because we're focused on so many other things. We're focused on the things that matter. Because that's how you bring about lasting, long-term change and that is how you help people once and once only. Not have them coming back to you time and time again to keep losing the weights over and over again. That's what the disgusting repeat business companies do. Not this guy. Anyway, I hope that has been helpful. This has been the longest one for a while. I'm on 59 minutes. Um, I hope that's been helpful. Again, as ever, if you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram via email, jason at Um Not the Facebook page, because honestly, I don't get notifications for the Facebook page unless I intentionally go in and check it regularly. I miss all the messages because I don't get notifications for it for some reason. That's why I put I set an auto message on it saying contact me by email because you'll get me there. Um, I would love it if you enjoyed this to take a screenshot and share it to your stories. Spread the love, spread the word, bring new people to me if you think I can help them or they can benefit from tuning in. Um, and yeah, I hope it's been helpful. You and I will catch up in another fortnight.